Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hi, guys. I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. Uh, on this channel, we have podcasts, interviews, and content on a whole variety of subjects, including mental health, football, wrestling, films, TV, music, conspiracy theories, and more. Uh, please subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you hit the bell. Uh, they'll notify you every time we upload. Uh, you can keep up to date on uh, upcoming guests and shows on Twitter, which is at AceCast underscore Nation. Uh, and you can suggest subjects for shows on our Facebook page. Just type in Ace Podcast Nation to the search bar. Uh, today's guest is returning for his second show to discuss some pro wrestling. So I'm happy to welcome back Welsh Wrestling's Cade Callis. Welcome. Hey, sorry. Thanks for having me on. No worries, buddy. Good to have you back and glad that we, uh, we haven't got the same issues we had last time, luckily. So we switched from Hangouts to Skype, which seems to have cured all my issues, which I was having with hangouts with some people, which is cool. A little bit stable, yeah. That's it. No. So, you were, when we spoke last time, you said uh, you, had, you were sort of on the comeback from an injury. What was the, um, what was the injury that you had? Because I think it was a shoulder, wasn't it? So, um, I had a surgery on my knee. Um, I had a, some of my meniscus removed, which was basically locking up my knee. Uh, it's an injury I had for about 10 years. Um, but yeah, all fixed now, fully mobile knee. Um, I guess in the, uh, the the old school mentality of pro wrestling, I just strapped it up and carried on. Um, I did that for about 10 years until I thought, oh, actually, there's medical science that can help me here. <laughs> um, so yeah, so now I'm, my knee's feeling great. Uh, and then as I was training to kind of come back, getting geared up for my first match back. I pulled my back um, because obviously I've been sat on the couch for about six weeks, eight weeks, waiting for my knee to get better. And the rest of my body turned a bit to jelly. <laughs> so, so so, the squat rack can be a cruel mistress. Uh, but no, back's feeling good, knee's feeling good, feeling strong. 
and uh, I had my first couple of matches back on the weekend, which was awesome. Yeah, so I was going to say, you returned this past weekend. I'm assuming it was good to get back into it. What, uh, how did you, like, how was your, what was your return? Did you just do a, do a match or a couple of matches? Or, yeah. uh, so, basically, um, I was meant to have my first match back at Barry Memorial Hall, which is a, a venue that Welsh Wrestling run fairly regularly. Um, but then they also had a show at Trekker Bay, one of the holiday camps in Pathcore. So um, just asked me if I fancied doing that. And I was like, yeah, wicked. Get some of the ring rust off me that morning. Um, I mean, the plan initially was to get back to training, probably head down to Dragon Pro and, you know, dust off some of that ring rust. But um, where I'd hurt my back, I kind of thought, well, if if I do training and I hurt my back more, then that's going to push back my return. So if I just go in and see what happens, uh, mm -hmm. that seemed like a better option. Um, but yeah, so did the match at Trekker Bay, wrestled Red Nova, one of the Welsh wrestling guys. Felt really good. Uh, maybe my timing was a little bit off, and maybe Red Nova got kicked pretty hard in the face. Maybe. I mean, um, but so, so um, no, it went really well. Uh, I put a couple of clips, well, a clip on my Facebook page and my Twitter page at Cade Callis, uh, Cade Callis, British Pro Wrestler. Um, and yeah, so I, I put clips up of that. I put some clips from my entrance at Barry while I was wrestling. It felt great. Uh, I got home on Saturday night, and it's how I imagined somebody would feel after a car crash. My entire body ached. Um, because I guess the thing is, when you're wrestling regularly and you've got that constant low level ache, you don't realize you just carry on. Um, but when you've had eight months relatively pain-free <laughs> and then you come back and have two shows which was four matches and you your soul hurts like your soul yeah. your very Everything soul hurts. Hurts. yes that's it uh, and it was the same sunday as well i ached a little bit um but no reflecting back it went really well the, the whole weekend the whole kind of comeback thing went really well and to be fair I'm, i feel properly properly fired up to uh to do something with wrestling and it's the first time i've felt this way in a long time so last time i felt really really honestly fired up to do it was about 2010 2011 which was when i had my wwe trials and had some good feedback and stuff like that so yeah maybe maybe we'll try that again um <laughs> we'll yeah. see we'll nice. see i think um like one thing that we noticed when we get when I brought the kids to watch, is that the Cade Callis character stands out as something completely different from perhaps some of the, you know pretty much all the other characters. Like you've got like uh, a mask, the masked wrestler uh, Majiko, which my you know my youngest son loves, um, <clears throat> and you've got like some traditional sort of looking pro wrestlers then as well. But I the Cade Callis is completely different to everything you see, um, which is. That's the sort of character which appeals to me. Um, I think. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. We uh, so it came about this week that you also slipped your way into a WWE game via a, a creator wrestler, which I thought was awesome. I saw you uh, like you. I saw you comment to someone 
on Facebook, and uh, my kids downloaded it straight away. But there was a couple of Welsh wrestling guys, which this guy had made. And to be fair, he uh, he made you quite well. Yeah, well chuffed with it. Um, I haven't I haven't downloaded the play. I haven't had a go with him. But uh, looking at the pictures, amazing. Like uh, he shared a video a little while ago with sort of my old trunks and stuff like that, and my makeup. And it, I thought it looked really good. It, it looks like he spent an awful long time. And when when I was younger, I used to spend an awful long time trying to make a character that looked like me. And they were always crap. Always. Never uh, looked like I, me. <laughs> I was the same. I used to try and make, like, sort of my favourite wrestlers who were, who were not in the games. But I could never, just, they always looked terrible. So I just ended up making, like, a, just a random guy. But, like, you see some of them, I see them on YouTube and social media a lot. And there are some of them are just amazing. They look better than the the actual characters in the game who've been scanned and stuff. So like these Absolutely. guys, just they must spend so much time perfecting it. I mean, obviously, two K or whatever have made it so easy to do in terms of people just make them and then they can share them instantly. Mm. So a lot of people like yourself get to be get to be in the game. They just don't get paid for it. <laughs> wow. But I guess it's probably worth giving a shout out to Pro Wrestling Dad. I think it's yeah, Twitter. He's the guy that made it. He makes a lot of different characters from British wrestling and he does a fantastic job. So if you're into your wrestling games, check it out. See what it's on is. Community Creations, I think it is. Yeah, he's got a he's got a YouTube channel as well. Um I think it's Pro Wrestling Dad. Um but I'll look that up and I'll put it in the description of the video. But I mean, yeah, he's made um, a lot of his characters and stuff. They seem to be like British wrestlers, which is good to see because obviously, you know, you've got like all the, uh, you know, everyone makes all like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and all the sort of the big American names and the Japanese names and stuff. But they don't always, the British wrestlers, it's good to see them getting a bit of love. And like I say, he's done a really good job. He even updated your attire to get your new attire, which you had. Obviously, only this weekend. Yeah. So the day impressive. after, I, 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 I know, singlet, and the very day after, brand new Kate Callas on there. What you know? What dedication? <laughs> that is unbelievable. <laughs> I like it, Matt. Um, so, before we just move on to WWE and I like, um, well, the Welsh wrestling is that on S4C now? I know there was um, talk of it before. So I, I know that. Uh, S4C filmed some stuff and they shared it on their online platforms. Um, to be honest, I'm I'm not up to date with what's going on with that or whether it's going to carry on being an online thing or whether it's going to be on their television show or something like that. I know it was something they were interested in. Um, whether it comes to anything, uh, I guess yeah, time will. Yeah, be really good if they could get you know Welsh wrestling on TV. Because I think it's the sort of thing where once you get some eyes on it, it'll bring people in, especially families and kids. Um, so it'll be good, yeah. yeah. Get on S4C and stuff. I think Welsh so, wrestling would be perfect on a Saturday morning. You know, it's a cartoon wow. show, basically. You know, character yeah. and fighting. It's the turtles with trunks. You know, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's it. I mean, I I remember watching like. God, like WWE superstars and shotgun on a Saturday morning as like a kid and a teenager and stuff. 
and it's just like easy watching, isn't it? On a Saturday morning, no school and stuff for kids. It's the perfect TV show. So it'd be good if that uh, that pans out. Um, so obviously, I've seen a couple of videos with you. I saw you uh, working. So you do a match with Mason Ryan, obviously, who uh, had a little stint in the WWE. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned you would done a. I think it was. Did you say you were a special referee for Pete Dunn or something like that? I was uh, going to no. say who's the like the. Go on. So Pete Pete Dunn refereed one of my matches. During ah, that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, another little claim to fame, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Any more? Uh, any more like famous or well-known sort of people um, you worked with? Yeah. So most a lot of the guys on WWE UK. So Dave. Dave Mastiff, I did the holiday camps with him, so sort of for six weeks, we lived in each other's pockets. Uh, T-Bone, Ashton Smith, uh, Wild Boar, obviously, um, the Lightning Kid, Mark Andrews, uh, Flash Morgan, Webster, a a lot of the guys. Eddie Dennis, yeah, Eddie Dennis as well. A lot of matches with him. Um, Um. I think he's from like deeper, darker Wales, if I'm completely honest, sort of up Ammonford way. Um, but I suppose if you're billing someone from somewhere, you pick a big city, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. But I mean, I, I think... like uh, Flash, Morgan, Flash Morgan Webster. I like his gimmick, just like the mod. Yeah, it'd be good to see uh, the Cade Callis on the old NXT UK. I, I think I'd be a good fit. So you've got to. Yeah. Uh, Got to get yourself motivated and working. You they do, um, they do the um, like the UK trials fairly reg- regularly, don't they? Like a couple of times a year. Um, yeah, just, I suppose it's just getting your name out there and getting in there. Yeah, to be honest, oh. I think it might have even changed a little bit now because I know they've got that UK performance centre, haven't they? Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure the mechanism by which people get signed anymore, even. Um, but what I figure is. I work hard, I wrestle lots, and maybe there's a, a bit of a buzz about my name. Who knows? Strike. Yeah. A- like, even we, with with you, like you, um, I noticed when I uploaded the, the first video we did, straight away there was loads of people coming to watch it and commenting on it or, or sharing it. So, like, you've obviously got, like, that base following, and then it's just trying to expand that into... Like like you say, getting your name, sort of people talking, and bigger, bigger, like growing the growing that base even bigger. Yeah. I think to be honest, right when when people see me do what I do, um, I'm I'm at least fairly memorable. You know, I'm I'm pretty entertaining. I put on a solid match, and you know, people remember oh, that big Cade, big Cade. He was a uh, he was something a bit different. You know, um, so. I like to think I strike a chord with people and I guess it's just about getting more eyes on me, uh, more eyes on what I do and going from there, really. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Uh, so did you, I mean, did you watch uh, like NXT and uh, WrestleMania? Um, I haven't watched TakeOver yet. Um, NXT is the one TV show on the network that I tend to watch regularly but recently it's just been really busy so with training and life i just haven't had a chance to watch much wrestling but uh wrestlemania 
made a conscious effort to watch and it was like right i'm putting that timer aside and i'm watching it and you know what i really enjoyed it so considering i'm not up to date with all the stories and stuff i thought the video packages were cool Sorry, you went then. Um, yeah, I thought WrestleMania was actually was really good this year. Um, it's long. It's like seven hours. It's a long old time to just sort of sit there and watch it. Um, so, like, my kids wanted to get up and watch it and stay up and then go to school the next day. I was like, I will just watch it on Monday. And I think I watched it. Monday morning, most of it, but I broke. I think I watched it in like three sittings just because it was so long. Um, yeah. but I said it was the best one for a few years, definitely. I think, um, I would recommend watching Takeover because that was just top notch, it yeah. was so good. Um, just from start to finish, it was just an unbelievable show. And um, but did obviously with the <laughs> NXT shows, what's that? All, all the takeovers are really, yeah. really, you know, the, these guys trying to make the jump up to to the main roster, they're putting it all out, and it's just fantastic to watch, you know? It really is. It really is a spectacle, NXT. I really enjoy it. Yeah, and it's like, uh, they do like sort of two and a half hour takeovers, so you never, it's never sort of too long. You always want more. And like you say, because they're, they're all out, to, and because the majority of the takeovers are before like the saturday or the friday before the big shows they want to set their stall out before the big show on the main roster just you know get people looking at them saying look oh so and so's good and like adam cole uh, versus johnny gargano in the main event was just sensational oh, i think really talented so good adam cole's promos are just they're just unbelievable and i think if he was a little bit bigger, he'd be, you know, he'd be on the main roster last year because he's, yeah. you know, he's got everything you need. And he's got, the thing is, times have changed as well, like these days. Like, I know, like, you're pretty big, but I mean, a lot of the guys now, they're not like they were when we were growing up, when they were like six foot four and monsters, huge guys. You know, there's, uh, and there is still big guys, but there's an array of, different guys and a lot of the you know a lot of the main like look at daniel bryan he's not a big guy like you know he's not um he's not like you know he's in great shape he's not like huge and muscular but he just the way they tell the story you get people in like you're saying is if you come away from shows and you're invested in the match and the storyline that's half the battle um, well, let's face it, man. Those those smaller guys have changed the business. I mean, think the smallest guy that got to the top before was Shawn Michaels, and he's not a particularly small guy, like five eleven, just short of six foot, maybe. Um, and, and he's a big dude as well. Like back in '96, you're looking what two thirty, two forty. You know, yeah. you know, big dude. Um, whereas now these guys. That are in and around the top, maybe five and nine, yeah, yeah mm. maybe one one eighty, and you know, it's it's amazing how far it's come because those sort of guys, ten, twenty.
20 years ago, they wouldn't have got a, a spot, you know, being beat up by somebody. They wouldn't have got a spot in a squash match. Whereas yeah. now, these guys, they're allowed to show their talent what they're good at and more power to them, you know? They've made their niche and it's there. It's there. Well, definitely. And I think what they've done as well, these smaller guys being pushed to the top has made the bigger guys have to change it up and they can't just be like your big and sort of lumbering guy who throws people around. They need to do something different. And um, like one of my favourite guys in NXT who I think will probably get a push this year is Keith Lee because he's huge, but he just does stuff that, you know, like, I don't know, like a smaller guy would be expected to do. Um, and I think that just, it makes everybody up their game because suddenly the big guys have got to change what they do. And it just makes it makes it for everything to be more interesting from a story point of view and a match point of view if you just don't know what these guys are going to do. Yeah, see, I, I agree with that to an extent, right? But for me, I think the big guys should be doing the big guy act. The smaller guys should be doing the smaller guy act. And I think every now and then, one of them pulling out something a bit special is really cool. Like, for instance, Kane doing Hurricane Rana. You know, yeah. he's a big lumbering giant, right? Everything he does, he's slow and deliberate and powerful. And then, boom! Hurricane Rana, everyone goes wild, right? Because it's special. Same way with the smaller guys, you know, they're quick, they're... Then one of them does an incredible display of power. Um, a, a, a guerrilla press, a military press, something like that. Bang! You know, whoa, that's so cool. But I think when it's standard, when yeah. your six-foot-six guys are all doing Hurricane Ranas and all your cruiserweights are doing power bombs and gorilla press slams, it takes away from both and it means all the acts are the same. Yeah, like I, absolutely. I, I yeah. consider pro wrestling to be a little bit like the circus. So, you know, if you don't like the clowns, maybe you'll like the trapeze. If you don't like the trapeze, maybe you'll like the stunt bike riders, that kind of thing. Whereas maybe right now, you've got stunt bike, yeah, right now you've got stunt bike riders with red noses on that are also jumping on the trapeze midway through, you know? And, yeah. and then you take away kinda... the same. Yeah, you got three hours of the same. Um, but no, I, I think all the wrestlers should be able to go and put on a, a good show. But I think what go means for one wrestler doesn't mean they're not putting 110% in. It just means they're a different act. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think... Yeah, and you want people to be different. If everyone's the same, it makes for a very long, you know, two hours, three hours, whatever the show is. Um, like one of my, one of the guys I really like is, uh, I got his t-shirt actually, is Matt Riddle. And I like him because he's different. He's different to everyone else. He's got a different look. He doesn't wear boots, pants. He's And because you know, like he left the UFC on a five feet, five, five fight win streak so like he's a legit fighter um and i just like the way he he moves differently around the ring he pulls off different moves but equally you know it's not an act either he could do some of the stuff that he's doing legitimately um 
and what was in what I find what I found interesting is over WrestleMania sort of week where they do all the interviews. He um, he's been saying it for a while, but he sort of garnered a bit of attention. Is that he said he wants to retire Brock Lesnar next year at WrestleMania, and I thought about it and I thought, do you know what? Brock's coming to the end of his career. If they built it up starting now with these sort of interviews and off the cuff comments, and I think Paul Heyman commented, you could build up this story if he debut debuts later in the year on the main roster. It could be like a year long story, and they could lose one sort of legit UFC fighter and instantly make a star out of another one. What do you think of Matt Riddle and my idea? Book it. Book it now. Um, but no, I, I really like those kind of slow burn storylines that aren't really storylines to begin with. They're just a seed in people's minds. So people like you saying, wouldn't it be good if... And then, you know, yeah. there's the, the odd little uh, press release or a little comment at, uh, at some kind of media thing where he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'd, qu- I'd quite like to wrestle Brock Lesnar, bro. You know, that's there. And yeah. know, like, somebody asks Brock Lesnar and he's like, ah, oh, Matt Rydell's not in my league and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And then event before you know it, after six months, you've got loads of media of these guys just just talking and being around each other without ever actually looking at each other. So you've got a buzz without really working for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think with those two as well, is they get the uh, like the ESPNs and the, the Fox Sports and things talking because obviously they've had that UFC, UFC exposure. And if they start going back at each other, just like you say, just in media and, and press conferences and stuff, promoting shows, they'll pick that up. You know, it's not going to be on their daily news show, but they will pick it up on their websites and their social media to ex-UFC fighters exchanging insults or whatever. And then, so what, like I said... What weight was Rydell? What's that? What weight class was uh, Matt Riddle? Uh, do you know, I can't... I think... I want to say welterweight, but I might... No, not welterweight. It might be light, lightweight. I'm not 100% sure... He's not, a, you know, he's not, he's not Brock Lesnar's weight class, is he? Oh, no, no, no. But I mean, you know, not many people are, let's be fair. I no, mean, no, no, Brock's a beast. Like, like a UFC heavyweight, I think he's like 210 pounds. But I mean, you know, WWE cruiserweights are 205 pounds. So, I mean, yeah. Brock Lesnar's huge for well, any, like by any standard. Yeah. Yeah. He's a massive guy. But I mean, you know, Matt Riddle's not small by any means. You know, he's quite a big, he's quite tall, he's quite a big guy. And I think, you know, he's wrestling there. You can sell it any way you want. And I mean, when you've got like submissions and, uh, you know, jujitsu and all this type of jazz, which they're both trained in to a certain extent, Matt Riddle's obviously a bit more trained in like the jujitsu side and Brock's more of a wrestler, like an amateur wrestler. But, I mean, you know, what a story it could be. And then when you, like you say, if you've built that up over a period of time between WrestleMania and sort of the end of this summer, and then all of a sudden when Brock makes his big return, let's say SummerSlam or something, and he has a match, if Matt Riddle turns up and costs him the match or just comes and watches and has a bit of a stare down, it's like, bang, you've got it. 
and then from SummerSlam or Survivor Series, that's when it starts to pick up or they face off in you know in the Rumble match. There's yeah, well, so many know, ways to do it. They've already half foreshadowed it with that um, Cassius Ono um, being sparked by him because Cassius yeah. is huge and he hit him with that kick or whatever and pinned him. So that's instantly saying, you know what, this guy can beat people out the blue, unexpected, bang. So yeah. you get a couple more clips of stuff like that happening, bang, one, two, three, bang, one, two, three, and all of a sudden you've got a guy that can beat anybody. You Because know, if, oh, yeah. if, if you can hit your finisher out of nowhere and on anybody, right, they can put you against anyone and in any spot on the card because you've got a legitimate chance of winning within within the world of pro wrestling. You've got a chance, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's if whenever they bring him up, it's how, it's, it, how he's portrayed, isn't it? If he comes up and his first night on Raw or SmackDown, he, he knocks or beats whoever, like a big name, like an upper card name in 10 seconds, instantly, he's a bot. He's, people who don't watch NXT are going to be like, oh, well, He's something special because he's just knocked out the guy who's been at the top of the card for the last year, or whatever it may be. And it's how, like I always say, the best example of how to bring someone up as a as a big name is how they brought Kevin Owens up because they brought him up and instantly he went after John Cena. He still had the NXT belt. He wanted the US title, but because they brought him in at such a level and he beat John Cena in his first match, it's like that's your level then. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you just bring someone in and they're plodding along in the mid cards and not really doing much, they you can get lost in the shuffle very quickly. So I think it's all about those first that first month or two on the main roster. Is what and and this can be my, what frustrates me with WWE is like how people or guys guys and girls get over is dependent on how they're portrayed. They can portray people however they want. Do you know what I mean? So that they can win or they can lose or they can say whatever they want. And I think <clears throat> how they do that plays a big part in, obviously, it's down to the performer to perform and get it, connect with the audience and the viewer. But I mean, you know, how you, how you are portrayed on a week, weekly basis is how the audience will view you. So with uh, with WrestleMania, obviously it was it was a long show, but I mean, do you feel? Do you think it was too long? Like really, like seven hours is a bit of a commitment, isn't it? To be honest, right, I I think it depends on your demographic, basically. So for guys that grew up watching wrestling in the nineties, the early two thousands, right, where most pay-per-views finished under three WrestleMania was a big show at three and a half, right? That's what we've sort of been conditioned to accept from a wrestling show and to the point where Raw is a two-hour show in my head. In reality, it's what, three hours? And pay-per-views are are long and WrestleMania is really long. Um, So, yeah, I, I struggle with how it is. But my kids can swallow it all up, right? So they've been conditioned to a wrestling show is this long. And they can consume that and enjoy it. And, yeah, so that's, that's fine for them. And they're loving it. 
which I guess is why I tend to watch NXT more because not necessarily the product is better. It's just packaged in a way which I can consume it. You know? Yeah. Like, it's just an hour, isn't it? So it's just hour, and even the, like you say, the takeovers are just a couple of hours. I mean, like, WrestleMania was basically like a working day long, and that's a long, long old time. Um, so there was talk afterwards that they may, or they're thinking of putting it over, like, splitting it into Saturday and Sunday and doing two sort of four-hour shows. Do you think that would work better? Or do you think it's better to have it as just one long show once a year? Um, maybe, or maybe they could do it in two venues on the same night. I'm not sure, but I guess the problem is after seven hours, the crowd are struggling to shout, right? Yeah. Shouting for seven hours is physically exhausting and emotionally exhausting. And for me, the crowd reaction is what makes something special. So, uh, Rock Hogan, right? Rock Hogan. That you watch amazing. that match at the Sound Garden. Fantastic. One of the best matches of all time. You watch that match on mute. You know, it's not a bad match, but it's just a match. You know, the crowd yeah. take it from two and a half, three stars to like a five star match. Um, yeah, because it means something. And, you know, that, that atmosphere is what makes it special. And I think. With a seven-hour show, that's lacking a little bit. And I think also with the arenas without the roof. Oh, I hate I th- them. I think the sound disappears. So yeah. th- even if the crowd are really, really hyped, it doesn't come across through the television. Um, and not to mention guys that have dark entrances, that disappears yeah. as well. Undertaker well. a couple of years ago, or Bray Wyatt with the um, with all the scarecrows. Yeah. It would have been awesome. Dark. And it was yeah, sort of it wasn't awful. It wasn't awful, no. but it would have been better in the dark. Yeah. I think like with this for this year, say, if you'd had like the Saturday four hour show with the Kofi versus Daniel Bryan main event in the Saturday, and then had the women's match main event in the Sunday, I think the crowd participation in the women's match would have been where it had been during the, all the segments leading up to it on TV, because that was the hottest angle, which is why it ended up being the main event. But like you say, after seven hours, the crowd, they wanted to be into it. They just haven't physically got the, you know, the voice and the energy and everything to participate and get involved the way they would have. And I think with those two particular matches, like the Daniel Bryan and the Kofi one was very emotional and the crowd were into it. And when he won, it was like, huge pop so i think by sort of splitting it you almost would have been able to get the best of both worlds for both matches um i did feel a bit sorry for the women because the crowd was so much quieter and i just think like you say they've just run out of energy um but yeah and like i think the women's the finish of the women's match i think didn't flop i wouldn't say it flopped but it was a little bit underwhelming after everything they had been through in the build-up. It was like over really quick, and it was almost like, oh, blink and you miss it. And then it was like, oh, was that supposed to happen? It was a bit awkward. But then, equally, if Ronda decides to come back, you've got a ready-made 
one-on-one -on -one match with Becky Lynch waiting. So I suppose there is that side of it. Yeah. Um, what was your favourite match at WrestleMania, do you think? Uh, I like Batista and Triple H. Um, it was really good. I'm, uh, yeah. I, I cared about both characters. I cared about the build-up. And the match didn't disappoint, you know. It was uh, it was good. It was solid. It was solid, and I was into it. Uh, Kofi and Daniel Bryan, I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, same way as Shane McMahon's match, you know. I was it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. But for, but for me, the Batista Triple H match was the one. That, when at the end of the pay per view, when I thought back about it, it was just like. Yeah, big big Dave and Triple H, they still yeah. got it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I think I, I I like that they put Brock on first with Seth Rollins. I thought that was a really good start because if you're not gonna have Brock main event, then it fits his character to say like, no, I wanna I wanna be in and out and get my stuff done, get my money and go type thing. Yeah, um, and I thought that was a good way to start it because then you got him losing set the crowd off in the right sort of the right frame of mind or the right tempo whereas if they put Brock over Seth the crowd might have not turned but been a bit negative and then it's a battle for everyone then trying to get I thought they it's very unusual actually for WWE is what they did is they actually gave a lot of happy endings to all the stories which they don't always do but growing up that's what WrestleMania was. Yeah, it was, it was, the, end, it was the end of the storyline cycle, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it was the goodies finally getting them. Yeah, and like like you say, with when uh, going back to what you said about Hogan and uh, The Rock, the atmosphere before they even touched each other was just unbelievable. It was so loud and so everyone was just glued to it. It was like these two sort of icons. And I was thinking about it the other day in that how many times has it, have you seen a crowd that hot before people have even thrown a punch? And the only time I could remember it other than that was a few years ago when it was the Shield versus the Wyatts and they hadn't touched each other. They were just stood on Raw on opposite sides of the ring and you had Chip, Triple H telling the Shield to sort of stand down, and they took a step closer and a closer, and the crowd was going nuts. And they never, you know, they didn't throw a punch, they didn't say anything to each other. It was just either side of the ring. These two brand new stables, really, at the time, they'd only been around a couple of months. Um, and they, they only had one match in the end, which is bananas. So, uh, yeah, so when, so, so Dean Ambrose is leaving. Uh, WWE, he let his contract run down. There's a lot of rumours of lots of different acts being frustrated with their creative direction. Sasha Banks has uh, disappeared. She's sort of gone home, and I don't know if she, they don't know if she's going to come back. The revival are refusing to sign a deal. Uh, it's an interesting time because obviously in the sort of peripheral peripheral you've got this AEW and the elite people they've supposedly got this deal with um oh, what is it not fox uh it's the channel which you 
WCW used to be on. I forget the name of it now. Um, okay. So basically, they're coming up. They're looking to start TV in October. They've got big money behind them. The guy who owns Fulham, his son is like the sort of owner. They've got more money than the McMahons if they want to put it into it. Do you think, I mean, I don't necessarily think that they changed the game in terms of like another Monday Night Wars type of scenario where you've got two companies almost on an equal footing. I don't think that's the case. But what it does do is it's giving all these people who are a bit disenfranchised or a bit frustrated, suddenly they're going to have an option to stay on mainstream TV and get yeah. a good back. Which means, obviously, more places that these people have got to work, the better, as far as I'm concerned. But also, I'd like to think that WWE will up their game because they know there's someone just off to the side starting up who can pay these people handsomely to, to work. I don't know, man, because TNA was there for a long time, you know, and they had television and they had some money behind them. Um, I think what's what's really changed it is just how accessible the internet is now. So the pro wrestling business model has changed. You know, so like you've got guys like the Young Bucks, all those elite guys that are making very good money from merchandise, from YouTube channels, from not traditional broadcasting. Yeah. Um, so I think... Being an independent wrestler for the first time in a long time is a legitimate um, option. You know, whereas before, guys in WWE, they were doing the business and the guys on the independents were just guys on the independents. Um, now, that's an option. So if you've made your name, if you're a Sasha Banks or you're a Dean Ambrose and you want to go and try something else, you can you know, it's an option. Yeah, and I think Dean Ambrose is an interesting one because I've read a few things saying he was offered a lot of money to resign. Obviously, he's been the top guy for like the last couple of years, so he wasn't on bad money anyway. <clears throat> um, and he released a promo yesterday, just like a little 30-second video, um, just say, basically saying he's going back to his old name of John Moxley. But I mean, breaking out the prison, eh? Yeah, and the big dog chasing him, which I thought was interesting. So, like, I think um, one of the things on a conspiracy theory people will sort of notice is there was um, as as he's walking past in one of the shots, there's dice, and apparently the obviously the first AEW pay per view is called Double or Nothing, and the icon is dice, but on the dice there was like the two as uh, five and a two, I think it is, or something. And uh, it basically matches the date of the AEW pay-per-view. I think, you know, he's gonna, I, th- I would imagine he's going to go there simply because he, whilst he doesn't seem like a guy who's completely influenced just on money, I think it was more of a creative thing. He's also got used to a certain lifestyle within WWE, mm-hmm. so I can't see him going back to, like, the very indie independence, if you get me. I think AEW is probably a good mix of decent money, TV, but also he'll have his 
creative freedom. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So speaking of creative, I um, I'm interested in your take on Bray Wyatt's new gimmick. It's just people are talking about it, and people are interested. The first time I the first time I saw the first video, I was like, oh, what are they doing? What have they done to him? Because he's he is one of my favorite guys to watch. And then I watched it another couple of times, and I was like, oh, actually, there's a bit of subtle subtleness to this, which I didn't notice first time around. There is like this sort of uh, sinister undercurrent to it. Oh, absolutely. Um, I like it, right, because to me, it's still the same Bray Wyatt. It's not like he's being completely repackaged and come back as a different name or a different guy. It's like the Bray Wyatt who we've seen for the last few years has decided that he wants to change. And he, that same Bray Wyatt, who is dark, who is twisted, has somehow come up with this idea that I'm going to be a children's television presenter. And um, the thing is, those guys are pretty, you know, they, they're scary anyway because they act childlike. Like, you know, yeah. hey guys, it's me, Mr. Tumble, and I'm going to take off your face. You know, it's, it's scary. It's, it's scary. Yeah, they're beastly, aren't they? Yeah, it's so disingenuous and that that faux smile then. Yeah. You know, it because it's disingenuous, it makes you feel uneasy. And I think that's what he's doing. Um so as far as the vignettes goes, I really enjoyed them both. Um I like that Sister Abigail's there as the uh, the ventriloquist puppy with Bray Wyatt's voice. I like that. Yeah. I, I like the shitty um puppets that's and it. things speaking with yeah yeah it's cool it's really cool and i think bray Wyatt's fantastic and he pulls it off brilliantly those little shoulder shrugs and little looks and the little yeah. sound in the background the canned applause i love all that and especially at the end when he's like uh you know hey my little fireflies all you have to do is follow me and he goes back to that cult leader bray Wyatt, you know just and- split second isn't it yeah, yeah, and and that resonates that little bit at the end. It's like, oh, oh, so now he's a cult leader, and he's taking the children. You know, it's it's yeah. dark. It really yeah. is dark. Um, how it's going to translate into an in-ring character, I'm not sure. Is it going to be like a, a Simon Dean kind of over-the-top smiley villain? Um, is it going to be a straight wrestler? Yeah, I think. What would be interesting is I like when he um, when he gets the chainsaw and he saws through the old character and you just see like a little glint in his eye and he's got the gloves which say um, I think heal and hurt so it's like you've still got that sort of really creepy undertone to it and I read somewhere I read a couple of places that um, so you've got the sister Abigail puppet. And you've got the buzzard puppet, and there's also a rabbit puppet. So I read somewhere that they're going to bring in like a new stable for him, and it's going to be Sister Abigail's going to be Nikki Cross, the buzzard is going to be Eric Young, and the rabbit will be uh, oh, what's the guy from Sanity, Big Demo, uh, Killian Dane. 
So they, they, it would be like a new new stable for him. But I'm not sure, I don't know if it'll work that way. But then I quite like the idea of those guys getting back on TV. I really enjoy Nikki Cross. And I think she'd be quite a good twist to his stable to not be like just a repackaged Wyatt family. There's enough difference there to, to if you add a billion dollar backer, like the Young Bucks and uh, the Elite guys, and you had to start a new wrestling company, and you could yep. three men, three women, two tag teams from anywhere in the world. Who would you? Why? Oh Jesus! <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. So it, it would just be the top of the WWE. Those are the guys worth the most money. I'd I'd be going for. If I got a billion dollars, right, I'd be talking Stone Cold into a one more match. I'd be talking The Rock into coming into me for some money. Um, and then I'd be there in the triple threat because why not? Yeah. <laughs> as far as women, again, it would be like Charlotte. It would be uh, like Bailey uh, and maybe Oscar because she's class. Um, yeah. You know, and then tag teams. Anyone who's I don't know. I don't know who's the tag teams. Rival um, could have Sanity, uh, the Wyatt family, um, who else? Young Bucks. Um, that's the one thing WWE hasn't done very well, I think, and they've done a huge disservice is tag teams. Usos, people, you know, they they got so many good tag teams. They, yeah. they if they would just promote them as like like tag team wrestling could be so interesting and so exciting when it's done right. They never seem to quite commit to it. They sort of do it for a month or two, and then you don't see some of the tag teams for ages. I wish they would just really show it. They make a tag team just to split them up and have a feud. Um, yeah. And I guess it's tough, right? Because tag team wrestlers are promoted as sort of half a singles wrestler because they need their buddy, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's a space for tag team wrestlers and tag team wrestling. I just don't think it's been done for so long that off the top of my head, I can't think of a big money tag yeah. team. So I just pick guys that I liked, you know, we'd get. Uh, Wal Boar and Flash Morgan in as the uh, the one nine eight. Bring them in. Um, just stick people together that I like. <laughs> to yeah, put them on the show. Was... Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but um, do you like the um? You watch? Do you watch the NXT UK stuff like weekly yeah. or sort of dip in and out? Yeah. So um, I. I try to watch it weekly. It doesn't always happen. And sometimes, like, I think I'm about three behind now. Um, but I'll sit down and watch them on one of my days off and just kind of consume all of that. Um, but no, I, I think the guys are doing a really good job. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think it. I think it's cool. I think it's really, really cool. Um, yeah, it's different. I, I, just, I just hope it keeps going. I hope, I hope it 
you know, WWE needs content for the network and the guys need a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think bringing Walter in has made a big difference to it. I think that's given, like, because he won't, uh, he won't sign. He doesn't want to move, basically, to America because they wanted him for NXT and probably the main roster. So he signed exclusively to work for sort of NXT UK and then go and do the big matches for the NXT takeovers, which I think is really good for the NXT UK brand because he's a big name in Europe and he's mm. very entertaining to watch. And I don't want to spoil the three behind that you are, but like there's some really interesting stuff which happens. And uh, I don't know if you've got it. I can't remember when something happened, so I don't want to spoil it for you. Don't but, worry uh, about someone it. else. So, uh, have you got to the one where uh, Cassius Ono has come over? Yeah, so I've I've seen Cassius Ono beat um, El Ligero. Seen that's about as I've seen that. Um, so I think like that's a good that's a good name to have over in the the UK brand as well because he's he's a popular indie wrestler, but he's like a big enough name that it'll bring a few extra eyes to the UK show and um, so they basically they're giving uh, Walter his yeah. own stable uh, with I think it's a stable from the European Indies okay. um, of guys that are in WWE now which is really good it's really interesting um, so I'm assuming that they're going to probably do like the British Strong style versus that stable maybe i don't know but like they've got a lot of talented guys over there now and i think it's a case of just giving them good storylines and good feuds to get people who are not familiar with them into their work and i think they've done a pretty good job with the uk one of of bringing in guys who perhaps a lot of people don't know and they've just slowly but surely building them up even the ones who are not in the big feuds like they, I thought they did a quite a good job with Eddie Dennis. They just kept him winning squash matches, so he was always on TV, even though he wasn't perhaps you know he wasn't in the main stories, but he was kept being in it, and he was slowly getting better. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to try and build, make people care. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the aim. And I suppose so, time they've got to produce a good product so people click on it on the network. You know. Because they yeah. they justify that ten pounds a month, you know. And if people aren't watching it enough, if there's not enough content that people are enjoying, they'll just cancel and pick it up at WrestleMania, yeah. which is you know their business model. So, yeah, man, they they're in a position where they got to keep creating good TV shows. That's two hundred five's got to be good and competitive. NXT UK, NXT. Um, you know, it, it's all got to be good on the network to make it worth it. And yeah, I think, I think so far they're doing good. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest, I get the network purely for NXT at the moment because I don't really have the time to watch like the old pay per views as much as I probably would if I was able to. But like, I get it because I like NXT and I like NXT UK. Um, and I know there was there's been talk for years of them um, like ICW and. Um, uh, like progress or whatever coming on and then moving on to the network as well and then like up in a tier so you have like the 10 pound tier of like what it is now but then you can or you can pay like i don't know 15 quid or whatever 
and you get ICW and Progress and whoever else they've got, uh, like Evolve and stuff like that. And I mean, that to me, that would be really good. I enjoy all those. I particularly, I like ICW a lot. I only came, I came across them through Joe Hendry. And it's, have you yeah. seen like his songs to the local boy, uh, local hero and all that type of thing? Yeah, it's yeah. entertaining stuff, isn't it? Um, so, I mean, from a content point of view, if they can get like companies like that on the network, that's only going to grow what they're already doing because you'll have people who buy their sort of pay-per-views or shows on their separate streaming services who will think, oh, I could buy the WWE one for whatever it'll be, get all the NXT stuff, and I can get this, this, and this. So I can see them doing that. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting... Social media has changed the game and streaming has just changed everything because no matter what company you work for in the whole world, big, small, somewhere in the middle, if you can get a buzz and people talking on social media, people across the other side of the world can get a, get a hold of it instantly. Yeah. And it's, it's just changed the game. So hopefully we will see Cade Callis on NXT UK. That's my uh, that's my hope for the next couple of years. So make sure you stay healthy, and uh, we'll see uh, we'll see Cade take the world. No, sir. Uh, right, guys, go on. That's the plan. Australia. So, guys, you can. Uh, you can follow Cade Callis on Twitter. Is it at Cade Callis? One. That's the one. Nice and easy to find. Uh, and he's on Facebook uh, under Cade Callis, British Pro Wrestler. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube. It's Ace Podcast Nation. We've got interviews, podcasts, and on all sorts, wrestling, football, whatever you may like. I'm recording a conspiracy theory show tonight. Uh, a show on ADHD tomorrow morning, football one tomorrow night, and then another wrestling one Sunday night. So there's loads of videos to come. Uh, check us out on Facebook uh, or Twitter at AceCast underscore Nation. Uh, thanks for joining me, mate. We'll speak to you again soon. Until then, we are out, guys. Cheers. Nice one, Dylan. Podcast Network.